1: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado. to 2-2 and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil.
2: Baby welcome to the party. Uh, I'm off the Myers and That's why I'm over retarded. That's why
1: I'm over retarded. Yeah. Baby, welcome to the party. <laughs> huh? I hit the boy up and then I go skating around Rari <laughs> Baby, welcome to the party. <laughs> <Pick some laughs> a thot. Give me lit. <laughs> Give me lick. got on, no mind. <laughs> <Got no Maya. laughs> One in the head. One in the head. Send it. <laughs>
3: hello welcome to another touchy goodness podcast uh my name's lewis i'm joined by uh we got shonen shabs in the building it- what's happening what's happening what's happening Yo. how you doing shabs all right all right i won't i won't make a passing comment at your attire oh, that's why i'm moving like this i'm like all right done I you don't want to show team. you don't want to show off the, the silk attire no
2: Oh, okay, love man. I'm um, all right now. I'm all right, man. Right, man. Close I, I don't want to show it off, man. Do you want to show off your fish and egg?
3: My fish and egg.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we, we don't, we don't, we don't roll like that. Yeah. Lewis, don't play with me, man. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. I, I hit you're no, saying, no, Had a nice no. bit of fish and egg on the on the on the weekend. Fish and bowl there. Give it, love me. Please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the first time I've had that combination. Actually, true, true, true corner, man, man. Yeah, yeah well, they got to keep it relevant. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, guys, look, um, patron sign up if you haven't done so already. Uh, we'll have a Villarreal post match for you um, at some point after tomorrow's game. So, um, yeah, if you want the instant kind of match reaction, tune up, tune into the Patreon. Sign up to the Patreon, and that will be with you, so you don't have to wait until like next. Uh, Thursday for our podcast release. Um, follow us on Touchy Gooners, all that stuff. If you're watching on YouTube now, we're doing the live stream. Uh, subscribe and like the video, please. And you know what? Share it. Share it on your timeline. Get as many Gooners in the building as possible. We want to talk Villarreal today. We ain't really going to touch too much on the Everton game. Look, it's a it's a story that's been told a million times this year. So I don't think we need to tell it again um so let's focus on Villarreal because that is the game that means the most to our season um we will know the Premier League is done we're not gonna we're not gonna get anything out of the Premier League this year so um yeah let's talk let's talk Villarreal um first I'll stay uh, let's talk a little bit about the opposition themselves then because I can't say myself I've watched too much of Villarreal um what about what about you guys
0: I watched them for the first time this season at the weekend against Barcelona, just because I wanted to, yeah, just, just to get a sort of a glimpse. Um, and to be fair, they gave Barca quite a good game. Um, so they lost 2-1, so, but they were very much in that game for, for uh, large periods of it. Um, and their main danger man in terms of the trickery and the pace comes from um, Samuel Chiquese. Um Plays on the right wing, but can also play on the left as well. Left-footed, cuts in, lot of pace, lot of trickery. He gave Jordi Alba hell at the weekend. So um, whoever plays left back tomorrow is gonna have their work cut out. So um, that's where yeah, yeah. He's 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 proper 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 danger man. Um, so probably the best player we would come up against in all the teams we played so far. Um, they've got Gerard Moreno, um, who's quite easily scored over twenty goals this season. But I wouldn't say he does much overall in general play. So um he, he's gonna be you know quite reliant on service, so it depends on how much service they can get to him as well. They have obviously Danny parejo in midfield, he's quite a good technical midfielder. Um our old old guy Cochalan as well, who's there floating about. Um Papua. yeah, yeah. Um Paul Torres at centre back. I don't really rate him too, too highly. I know. Some people are quite big on him, so there's there's definitely danger, man. And I think um, of all of all the knockout games we've played so far, this is this will be by far and away the most difficult, especially considering you know Emery's pedigree in this competition. So I think we have to be wary, we have to be careful, um, and we just can't afford like in every leg so far we've made dumb errors. I think if we if we make dumb errors, we won't make it through to the final. So we'll have to probably put in our best two performances. Um, well, it's close to. Our, as our best two performances of the season to make the final, I'd say.
2: So yeah, what about you, Sheps? Um, I haven't watched them like that um, this this season. To be honest with you, um, yeah, you know, me watching other teams sometimes is just dependent on how my team plays, and we haven't played well enough for me to <laughs> for me to then go around and just say, "All right, I'm just going to do young scouting trips." So uh, you're a better man than me, but. Um, I know about them. I know about their playing um, side, so uh, you know I'm familiar with a lot of their personnel. I would say um, in 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 the first team um, and some of their subs as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I, th- I think you know you've you've touched on a few guys. They've got um, um, the goalie Asenio, who was at um, Athletico. Decent goalie, decent decent keeper. Um, you know, I think we can cause him problems, definitely. But I think he's decent. Um, obviously, Juan Fuef is there on loan. I think from Tottenham. I think he's on loan, isn't he? He's not a permanent. He's not a permanent signing, is he? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I was thinking I Is trying to say something to me? But yeah, yeah. Well, um, Albio is there. On his, you know, Albio's getting on now. But you know, he's a seasoned vet. He's been around um played played around the houses and Moreno the left back Liverpool's old left back um that one who was a calamity in the Premier League well some people actually think he was good didn't it but I f- I think he was a bit of a calamity Moreno at left back and then um Danny Perejo. yeah I think he's a he's a not that he's anything that I've seen from him that um we need to worry about but he's I would say like um you know Similar ish to Ceballos, but in a side that kind of functions in a way that kind of works for him. Um, obviously, Paco Alcacer, I think he can, um, you know, I think he's a, uh, um, you know, I think if he gets an opportunity, he'll probably make us pay. And then, um, I just think Una Emery, and um, we know that he likes to set up and play organized and. Um, I think they've been playing with a four-four-two a lot this season, and um, yeah, like, I, I don't think by any stretch of imagination that it will be a particularly easy game for us. I think um, I think um, they'll be quite stubborn, quite difficult to break down. I think we'll have to proper proper respect them as opponents, um, and I think it's on the cards, isn't it, for Unai Emery to just come and give us a sucker
3: punch? But um, but yeah, but yeah, let, let's. Listen you named on. sorry, I was trying to talk there, but I had my, my microphone on mute. Yeah, right I was so. thinking, why can't I hear you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. Um, yeah, no, I, I was I was just going through their players as well, and you know, there's there's like a lot of like Everton level talent, and then I'm that that kind of like, oh yeah, you know, it's they're not that good. But then I look at our team and I'm like, we're, we're below Everton.
2: Yeah, so well, we're not that good,
3: yeah yeah mm. so it's like one of those funny things where it's like mm. when well, you look at their talent level and you're like well yeah i'm not really afraid of any of them we should be able to beat them yeah. but then i'm looking at our players and i'm like Ugh. i think i think they've got um carlos backer as
2: well that's right yeah up. that's he a player who jeez. i think he's just one of them guys like you know big, powerful center forward obviously he's he's, he's, he's got on now um I, I haven't really kept up with how he is but I feel like a good couple of years ago, it was that type of difficult centre forward to play against. That, mm-hmm. um, you know, he could come on late in the game, depending on who we've got at uh, um, centre-back and just trouble them. I can easily see that happening. So, yeah, but I think it's like with the majority of our games this season, it depends on which Arsenal turn up. And mm-hmm. how we've got to respect them. Like I think we've got to respect them. I think... You know, it will be a mistake to look at Una Emery as a as a as a manager who failed at Arsenal and therefore we don't need to kind of throw respect on his name. He's brought this Villarreal outside this far. Um, you know, he's very he's not to be turned his nose up as a coach
3: as far as his success in the Europa League at all. So, well, yeah, I mean I, if I go through his record now in Europa League, it's pretty it's pretty good, right? You've so to, you've got to respect him. You, yeah. you have to respect him. So didn't he did he win it? Um um, did he win it with
0: he won it, he won three, it three times? times in a row, was it? Mm. Three, he won it three times with Sevilla, yeah. So. Yeah,
3: and then yeah. he obviously got to the final with us. Got
0: to the final with us as well. So yeah. Yeah, and now he's never lost um, a two-legged tie in the European in, in the knockout phase. So it's um yeah, it's gonna have to be a yeah. first what, At,
3: at Valencia, he did. Oh,
0: did he? Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I think yeah, I must have got wrong. But yeah. But yeah and I mean, and how how many is he won it is quite ominous in yeah. his favor, isn't it so he's he's this yeah. is his competition,
3: yeah, yeah, i mean look, all of those were with the same severe side who were very much europa league specialists um but like you said he got us to the europa League final pretty com- comfortably um in eighteen nineteen so <laughs> he's he's a bit he is a bit of a a Europa League merchant, I guess, and a, a bit of a specialist in this competition, but I'm not really looking into, I'm more worried about the hoodoo, the, uh, the you know, the jinx, the kind of the, uh, you know, the, the, um you know, the, this, this kind of Emery coming back to Arsenal, cursed. That's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about Emery's record in the Europa League. I'm more worried about that. Like uh, I'm a bit of a superstitious person when it comes to these things. And, you know, Arteta, This season, if anything, he's been good at is being breaking all sorts of records. So I I just hope this isn't going to be one to add to the notch uh, on his belt. Do you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, look, look at that Villarreal. They've got some decent players, but there isn't anything we should be particularly worried about. Um, You know, a lot of our issues this season have stemmed from, you know, ourselves, I believe. Um, uh, You know, making mistakes ourselves. Shooting ourselves in the foot, even in this competition, the same competition, we've done it numerous times, and somehow we've, you know, managed to find our way into the semi-final. Just um, in spite of that, despite, um, you know, in the last uh, what three ties, we, you know, we had a we had a hiccup against Olympiakos, we had a hiccup against Benfica, and we've had a hiccup against Sparta uh, Slavia Prague. We've managed to manufacture our way through to the um, to the semis. Let's talk about Austin because obviously there's um, some big news coming out of um, the uh, tr- training today with the fact that um, Obas in training, Laka's in training, Tierney's in training. Lu- is Louise in training as well?
0: Yeah, Louise was in training at the back end Lou- of last week, so Louise yeah.
3: is in training. And and do you know what? Even 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 with even without those um, those names, there are a few positions that i feel could be up for grabs so i want to start through um right from the back actually and there's a debate going on this week which you know which we can tie back to the everton game is you know should burnt leno start tomorrow and i've been calling for a few weeks that i feel like leno probably should have been dropped i think he's playing very um, um he's playing like someone who has no real pressure Um, he's, he, he looks complacent. He's made so many errors this season, you know, so many errors and we haven't really been a team that has conceded a lot of shots this season. So he hasn't been able to have those games where, you know, he's pulling off spectacular saves and, you know, we're getting battered, but Leno is making five, six, seven saves a season, even though we've been bad this season. You can't say we've actually been outshot in too many games. Um, you know, or not battered at least. Um, not many teams have battered us this season to the fact, to the point where Leno has had to, you know, have, have like, how many outstanding games this season do you think Leno's had? I can't really think of, of too many off the top of my head. I might be doing him a disservice, but it doesn't, it doesn't come to my head. So, but the moments that, ha- that do come to my head are the moments that have cost us, you know, the, all these mistakes in recent weeks, the one against West Ham, you know, um, Everton. These are all mistakes that have cost us serious points in the Premier League. And I'm not too sure now. I don't think you can say for tomorrow's game, drop Leno and bring Matt Ryan in because I don't know enough about Matt Ryan. But what I would have done is taken the opportunity to bring Matt Ryan in a little bit earlier rather than plonking him in in the Europa League and saying, you know, I I don't like putting my fortunes in the hands of a lone player personally, um, you know, they, they, they haven't, even if, even if he is going to sign permanently, we're, we're not too sure if that is going to happen. Uh, I just, I just do wonder about the motivation side, uh, side of things there, but yeah, look, uh, what what do you guys think anyway? Do you think, do you think Leno should start? Is he justified in keeping his place? Um, Sean, I'll start with you.
0: Um, yeah, no, I agree with you in terms of the fact that I don't, he's, he's been on, you know, I think he's one of those goalkeepers that definitely does better probably when he's got someone breathing down his neck. Like, you know, at the moment he's undisputed number one. And I think it was the same at Leverkusen when he's just under no pressure. He just starts to, like you said, he gets a bit complacent. He, he doesn't take it. Like both times I think he's he's been good here. Like, you know, when he had Czech, he was competing with and then he had Martinez down his neck as well. I think that brought out the best in him here. You know, there's a big gap between him and obviously no one wanted to see Ranneson anymore. Um so obviously, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I, I don't expect Arteta to change anything. If I'm to be totally honest with you, I've, I've been all right with the two times I've seen Matt Ryan for us. Um, mm. Played played the Fulham game. I didn't. I didn't really think he, he, there wasn't any problem with him. Um, so set
3: up set up the, the equaliser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So. Um, yeah, but I, I'd, I'd imagine, you know, keeps his spot, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, this, this is looking fast like an issue now, um, which is a bit annoying considering we have loads of other pressing issues. So we could have really done without this becoming an issue. But, um, <coughs> yeah, he's had loads of poor concentration issues getting beaten at his near post this season. His handling has been poor, kicking out has been poor. So there's a loads, loads of different facets of his game that you can pull apart, which I think hasn't been great this season. Um, and he's just obviously lucky that we've got many other um, pressing concerns further up the field that we probably haven't focused in on him maybe as much as we could and, and should have done possibly. So, yeah. yeah.
3: Shabs, what about yourself? Are you, um, are you are you taking Leno out of the equation for tomorrow or, or do we have to rely on him? I think we have to rely on him. I think he's the best goalkeeper that we have. Um,
2: it's the most important game of our season. I, I have to play him. Um, I think the the things about Matt Ryan, there there are too many unknowns for me, and he's he's not a goalkeeper that. Um, well, I was going to say, has he played at this level? Is the Donny that was at Valencia, isn't it?
3: I think he he, he probably has played at this level before. Yeah, which yeah. Yeah, yeah, so he probably played for Emery's Valencia team, didn't he, Matt Ryan? Or was that a bit too long ago? I think it might have been a bit too long ago, but I I, I don't know, but. My point is,
2: we we, we got, the fact that we can't even talk with confidence about what he might have done. at you know, in, in the Europa League. It
3: oh yeah, he was at Valencia in 2015. Yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry, so I mean, Leno's been stinking up the joint. He has little 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 things about his game, even in games where we haven't lost. There have been little bits and pieces which have been talking points. If you, if you really want to be critical and analyze, um, just you know, his, his performances and. Um, there have been certain things. Like I even go back to the Tottenham game. That goal that they scored, that headed goal that they scored, that was disallowed. Um, yeah. And I thought, listen, that goal was disallowed. It should have been disallowed. But what was the keeper doing? Like what mm-hmm. was Lennon doing? Like I just felt this is this was so
3: savable. And yet, yeah. it's still Even even safe. even, even like what Sean said with the distribution and stuff like yeah. that. Like going back yeah. to a few of the areas we've had where. You know, it's kind of been a thing of, should Leno be playing there? Sh- you know, it goes back to that, our old, age-old argument, actually, of, is Leno the, the the type of goalkeeper we want? Obviously, we were linked to um, the, uh, what's, what's the Brentford goalkeeper's name?
1: David,
3: David Raya. And we, we were all a bit estranged by that. We were sort of like, well, you know, why are we, why are we signing a new goalkeeper when we're letting Martinez go? doesn't really make sense. I do wonder if there's something to this, though. You know, like um, maybe Arteta is not completely happy with Leno. Maybe it was a thing of we get through this season that the money was too good to turn down for Martinez. I think one thing that is clear in my head right now is we made the wrong decision in terms of not not made the wrong decisions in, in, in selling Martinez. I think that's the wrong way to put it. I think we chose the wrong goalkeeper. I think Martinez is the stronger goalkeeper. I'm, I'm pretty confident in, in saying that now. Um, but, but I think I, in all facets, Martinez is a stronger goalkeeper. But I think that's easier to say
2: given that the season that Arsenal have said, I think that's easier to say in hindsight. I do. But I think if you look at their, I think even their, their, their careers and I think what Leno has done, Leno has shown me more in the period of time that he's had a, his professional career than Martinez has showed me. Um, I'm not saying that there was... Martinez has had lesser opportunities, opportunities, right? I think so. But I think you also have to question why he's had lesser opportunities. I think you also have to question as well that like, it's not easier performing for Aston Villa, but the level of expectation as Arsenal's goalkeeper, number one goalkeeper, is a completely different kettle to the level of expectations when you're Aston Villa's goalkeeper, you know, um, by no stretch of imagination would any Arsenal fan imagine that we would be spend most of the season battling like mid-table medianness, like n- like no one, you know what I mean? Like we, um, so we, considering the season that we've had and that it's been poor by all accounts, and one of the decisions that we made at the start of the summer was to get rid of the, the number two goalkeeper. I think it's easy to say that we backed the wrong goalkeeper, but we could have just as easily sold Leno for 20 mil and backed Martinez and been in this situation. And we would have been saying the same, th- you know, we will be saying the same thing. We back, we'd be I, talking I, more, we backed the wrong goalkeeper.
3: I but, personally don't think we would have, because like I said, I'm pretty confident in the assessment now that I think I've seen enough of Martinez. I've seen enough of Leno. I've seen a lot of Leno. And I think I've seen enough of Martinez as well, Aston Villa, and for Arsenal. I I think we have backed the wrong horse here. Um, But the money, you know, we got compensated for it. Now, you know, there is the question now of, would you guys be looking at signing a new goalkeeper in the summer? Like, Sean, you've touched on the fact that, you know, this isn't a pressing priority. But when you've got a goalkeeper throwing the ball in his net a few times, well, not even a few times a season, five, six times a season, you can have all the attacking potential in the world. You could have all the attacking talent, defensive talent. If you've got a goalkeeper sabotaging you, Kepa-esque, um, not to say Leno is in the same realms as Kepa, but when, you, when you've got a goalkeeper doing that to you, costing you points, that position all of a sudden becomes very, very important. So, what are you guys thinking? Do we do we pl- do we plunge resources into this or
0: no Not 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 for me. I I, t- I totally get the concerns and the concerns. I think are more than valid. But I I really just do think like Arsenal need to spend money in the game changer positions. Now, obviously, you could argue um, a goalkeeper is definitely a game changer position, but we need the the money that's going to shift the goalpost. I mean, the positions that are going to shift the goalpost for us are, are attacking positions. We need midfielders. We need attackers. Those are the difference makers. We've, we've we've not even scored fifty goals in the league this season. That's really, and truthfully, where the difference is going to be made for us. So, definitely, I, I get the um, the logic and the argument for upgrading Leno. And if we had enough money, I would do it, but not at the expense of you know the midfield and attacking positions for me. So, no.
3: Mm.
0: But I get it. I get it. And I would see if I could, you know, buy a goalkeeper on a cheap, and hopefully he can, um, you know, compete with Leno. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be plunging big resources on a goalkeeper. So, no.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's not a priority at all. Um, not 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 for me. Um, it doesn't make enough of a difference. Summer 22, go sign a goalie then. You know what I mean? Like Get someone in who's going to be a number one. Um, I could easily see Leno having one more season as Arsenal's number one. I don't think it will be detrimental to us. I think this season, as far as the league is concerned, that has been packed in for a long time as well. So, but I think that naturally does affect your motivation. I think he hasn't had a consistent uh, crop of defenders playing in front of him as well. I do think those things affect, they they, they have a knock-on effect. I think, you know, the goalie, um, you know, influences and inspires the defenders that play in front of him. The defenders in front of him influence and inspire the goalie that's playing behind him. And I oh. think it, it has been chop and change a lot as well this season with not a consistent centre-back pairing and different strokes for different folks um so yeah and he has been poor i'm not excusing any of that leno has been poor for me but he is still the best goalkeeper that we have but i'm not i'm not um making enough of it to say that in this summer we need to go out and sign another goalkeeper. Uh, we need to acquire a backup goalkeeper and i'd say do that on the cheap because that's easy
3: like that's that's really easy to do but um yeah I what What about if I had told you we could sell Leno in the summer? Would you guys be open to that? I don't think we could um, get the
2: money from Leno, which means that we could also buy a goalkeeper as good as he is now um, or better than he is. I don't want as good as Leno is, to be fair. I want better Mm. than what Leno is. Mm. I don't think with the money that we used to sell him, we could potentially upgrade on 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 him um on that position in the player. Um I, I think his value won't be sky high, A because of COVID, B because of his, his performances, C because of Arsenal's performances. Um and then I think it would be quite difficult for us to buy as well in this COVID market, a goalie of top top quality really, who is better than him. So me me personally, I would hold my horses and then go all out. Like I'm saying summer twenty twenty two. I would try and go all out for the best goalkeeper available at that time.
3: So that's what I would do personally. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let, let's let's move on from the goalkeeper stuff anyway. Um, interesting argument because I'm sure people probably land on both sides of the fence in in that one. Um, right back, are we? You know, is it is it Chambers? We we go with Chambers, or are we dusted with that experiment? Are we 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 happy to go into a more traditional form of right back here. Or um are you guys happy with Chambers at right back?
0: Um, I I don't think Chambers has been like particularly bad at all at right back to if I'm to be totally honest. Obviously we get we know about his um his deficiencies in terms of you know lack of athleticism, um and obviously when him and Holden are both on that right hand side, that's definitely a worry. Um so I would if I'm ever playing him it would only be one or the other. So yeah if if i'm going to play chambers then i f- would hope david louise is fit for example um but yeah if if i have to play holding then i would probably go for a more conventional right back in in bellerin or Cedric tomorrow um so yeah i would yeah so it, it really depends on on the partnership because i think shab's touched on an interesting point there as well um maybe my thinking is is quite old school but and obviously i know it's a squad game now but centre backs is probably one of the only positions on the pitch I don't really like to rotate. You want to build up, you know, a good relationship, good rapport there. And I just think just constantly chopping and changing, not that like like Shab said, it's not really an excuse for Leno, but I think that definitely that definitely can play a factor, you know, if you're chopping and changing the centre back partnership um every three days, I just I just don't think you you build up that sort of continuity and you know that familiarity um with your with your partner. Um so yeah I, I, I get obviously like he said, it's a long season, long, um, so you want to rotate. But, yeah, I, I just think it's important to keep some degree of continuity. But, um, yeah, just back to the original point in terms of Chambers right back um, tomorrow, it depends on who is next to him at right centre-back. If it's David Luiz, fine. Um, if he's holding, then I, I wouldn't be comfortable having both holding and Chambers on that right-hand side. No.
2: Interesting. Uh, and I just want to add to that as well, because, yeah, I, I agree with you, Sean. I think you're spot on. But also, f- for me, it's dependent on who plays that left back as well. Because if Shaka is playing that left back, your full backs are Chambers on the right and Shaka on the left. It, it, that's smelly to me, man. That is, that, that, that's smelly to me. I really think, I'm,
0: I'm sure we'll get there anyway, but we need to move Shaka back into midfield for this game anyway. So yeah,
2: for me anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, just as a, as a as a, as a, as a fullback pairing, um, I don't think it necessarily offers. Look, I could be wrong, but I don't think it necessarily offers us what we um, need in terms of the level of control that I'm looking to establish in that game against um, against um Villarreal, who I think will be extremely organised, will be quite difficult to break down. I think we we'll need to be patient in parts. Um, I think, you know, they've they've got like a player like um, Chakwezi who could kill us on the break, absolutely kill us on the break, kill us in transition. Um, I think we need to be quite comfortable and secure on the ball. So if we're looking at um, those two as... Um, as fullback pairs, it might look. It may work. It may work. It depends on how Arteta wants to interpret tomorrow's game and then wants to utilize
3: them. But me selecting Chambers in the first place will be dependent on on a couple of different things. So, you you guys are obviously raising good points about you know partnerships and um, you know it, 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 partnerships at the back. And I agree with you. Um, uh, holding is scaring the shit out of me for tomorrow's game. It really is. But I don't know enough about Louise's um health um it's a difficult one because this game is very 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 important is it important enough to warrant rushing louise back um you know could louise have a detrimental effect on like uh, we've seen when louise isn't particularly at the races and it can cost you so you know what would you guys be doing um if I told you Louise is 75% fit, what what decision would you guys be making? I see you guys shaking your head.
0: If 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 he if he's not fully fit, then obviously don't play him. From what I understand and what I've been hearing, he's been training since last week. So I'm assuming that you know he's he's
3: he's Oh he has been training different. since last week, has
0: he? That's that's what I've heard, yeah. But okay. um if, if if he if he's not fully fit, then then definitely don't play him. Um because obviously like you said, we know what Louise can be like when his head is not fully in it. That said, um, all things considered, I think there's a good argument to be made that he's actually been Arsenal's best centre back this season um, when he's been fit. So I actually think, you know, last season actually had a lot more issues with Louise, than I've actually had this season generally. And um, in terms of, yeah, I think that also you've got to remember Louise is another big, big avenue for us in terms of build-up, um, hitting the Diags long to the wings or, you know, breaking lines as well. So I think... um I think yeah. So if he if he's fit if he's ninety percent fit, I would I would play David Luiz.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I think Luiz is very good for these kind of games, right? He's Mm -hmm. no no matter what we say about Luiz, when it comes to the big games, Mm -hmm. he's he's well up for them, and I'm sure he'll be he'll want to play in these games, right? Like he is. Mm -hmm. He's still um, no one can question. I don't think anyone can question Luiz's appetite to win. Um, Mm -hmm. He still looks very much. On it, and and for my money, it's probably been our best centre back this season, um, yeah. like our most consistent centre back. And we've certainly missed him since he's been out. It's no coincidence to me that you know some of our results have have, have, have taken a, a turn for the worse when when Holden has has returned to the team. Um, not to say Holden's done anything wrong, but we just miss what Louise gives you on the ball. You know, Louise is just having that extra ball player. You know, his passing is so good. It's so good. And, I'm, and I say this every week. I'm not a David Luiz fan, but if it's between him and Rob Holden, then I'm choosing David Luiz every day and twice on a Sunday. So um, hopefully Luiz is, is, is like you said, is, is, is fit and hopefully he can play. If he is fit, um, would you guys be going with Gabriel or Mari to partner him?
0: Gabriel. Mm. Gabrielle, there, there, there's an interesting thing I think I've seen. You know, in in some of the trends, like mm. I, I don't feel Gabrielle and Holding is a good mix. Every time I've seen it, I've not been particularly infused by it. Even though mm. I'm not the, the biggest fan of the others, I think Marion Holding probably suit each other better. But Gabrielle and Louise, I've always when I, when I've when it's been played together, I think that looks the best one. That's looked the best one to me so far um, this season. So yeah, so I would yeah. if um, Louise is fit, it would
2: definitely be Gabrielle for me partnering. Yeah. Um, they so. know how to. They know how to play um, with each other. I think. We, I mean, just going back a little bit with David Luiz for for me, it's the player and the personality that we miss when he's is not there. So it's about what he brings on the ball, but it's about his his characteristics and the way he plays the game on the pitch as well. I think we saw that little um, thing earlier today about Bamford um, mm. about him. You, you like that,
3: innit, Shaps?
2: Kicked him by accident. I,
3: thought,
2: <laughs> I do like it. It's... It's the personality that's needed. Like you, you kick him by accident, and he says, "Oh, don't, you know, don't worry about it, my brother, my brother, no big deal." And then the next time you get the ball, you smash into pieces. Like you trod on his Achilles. Like you, you need, you, you need that edge as a player because it's like you're not gonna, like it's a battlefield. You're not gonna come and take advantage of me. So I, I like that, but I just think that, that that personality is missing when when he's not there. And yeah, he is. Um, you know, he, he he is prone to the laps in concentration, but. I just think it's the it's, it's the risk that we pay as a club. It's the, it's the it's the price, sorry, that we pay as a club. And you know, we 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 been paying this price with centre backs for a long time as well. So let's not all, um, you know, just 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 continue to get onto David Luiz. Like you know, he's the worst culprit. We've had far worse than him. Um, as far as his partnership with um, Gabriel, I just think that that I do question whether the language barrier, because he's been mentioned enough. I do question how 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 much that comes into it. I think if we've got German, Scottish, and uh, uh, English, you know, and he's got Swiss in front of him as well, and they obviously they all speak English and communicate English on the pitch. But I do wonder sometimes if Gabriel just look does he look lost or confused or not sure when he plays with Holding. I do think there's a bit of a I don't get the sense that he enjoys playing with Holding. I think he thinks he has to cover for Holding because he doesn't trust him in a way that when David Luiz is
3: is playing alongside him as his partner, I think they trust each other. Um, so I think that's... there's the senior there's the senior element to it as well. I think Gabriel and David Luiz, there is that very um, defined leadership role. Mm. David Luiz is the leader of that defense. Mm. Gabriel can rely on David Luiz to be the leader with Holding and Gabriel. Who, who is the leader there? The leader, I, I don't know. Yeah. maybe maybe holding he's, he's definitely the most senior player but i mean rob holden's not played four 400 games in his career mm-hmm. 500 games mm-hmm. in his career you know mm-hmm. this is still a, a relatively i don't, I don't want to say young but a relatively immature um senior player so yeah i mean and i i don't imagine that he understands a Bolton an accent uh too, too well either I, I don't think that helps much either um but yeah so yeah i, I think i think gabriel and louise definitely would be uh, the ideal partnership and i'd be i'd feel a lot more confident tomorrow if we had that gabriel and louise partnership if it's marion in. marion i don't mind because Mary never does anything wrong for me um but Holding scares me you guys have already touched on that you don't want Xhaka playing left-back tomorrow because of the threats that you mentioned. And we saw a bit of a glimpse on the weekend where, you know, and in fairness to Xhaka, that is the first time I've seen him get roasted at left-back. Um, it's taken, what, four four games or whatever it is um, for, for it to happen. And it, I think it happened twice with Richarlson. Um So in in fairness to him, he hasn't actually been burnt um surprisingly um probably a lot to do with positioning he hasn't been bombing up that that left-hand side he's playing very much as a left-sided defender slash third center back or whatever you want to call it um but you guys would put him back in the midfield and get and you would get rid of this parte single pivot for this game <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think um, yeah. So, 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 to the point about him, him obviously being left back. It's more, you know, um, obviously he was playing as basically like a, a, another centre back um, in in terms of build up. So he he was quite protected. So he was never, and you know, we had Ceballos over that side. Um, so so he's had loads of different passing options, passing lanes. Basically, I actually feel um, Jack is one of those. The deeper he plays, is probably better for him, just because you know he, he's he's more likely to have time and space on the ball to pick at the relevant sort of passes as well. So um so yeah so I but but still I, I think at the end of the day it's still Xhaka and he, he doesn't have that mobility that you want. And against someone like Chickquasi I just I just don't think that's it's just not a wise move to like mm. to do. Just nip that one in the bud. Um go back to the pivot. It's been tried and tested. Um so I've got no I think yeah I, w- I would go with him and Xhaka in the midfield tomorrow. Who who to play at left back, obviously we've heard Tierney's back in training but Tinney's a weird one because you know sometimes it takes Tinny a couple of games to get back up to full speed as well. And I don't want to then play him if he's not fully fit and then risk losing him again. So I, I'm I'm still a bit conflicted um about what to do though. <clears throat> so I think part of me just feels like I'd just play it safe and play Cedric there. It's not ideal, but um mm. but I think it's it's just it's just what we have to do. If for example, like yeah, I, I I just don't know what level Tierney's at because bearing in mind the rumor was that Tinni was going to be out for the season and now all yeah. of a sudden he's back. And Louise, back. I swear.
2: Yeah.
0: No, 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 no. Louis, <laughs> no Louise, they Louise. Was, was, was it just yeah, Tierney? It yeah, it was just it was, Tierney,
2: <laughs> so. it was about six weeks and it's about yeah. time now.
0: But, but yeah, the, the Tierney one, I just I just worry about him.
2: I just yeah, I do,
3: I do, and like, and he looks like someone who who would lie and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaffer, yeah I'm, fit, I'm, fit, I'm fit to play, you know? And then, um, like, he would cut back and he would aggravate it. That's, yeah, that's the yeah, worry. Yeah. Like, we'd have to take him off after, like, 20 minutes or something. And then, yeah, that's your game plan
0: up in the air, yeah, considering how, how key, like, t and e is to, like, how we attack and stuff. So, for me, I would be tempted to, unless, obviously, Arteta knows more than I do, the, the physios, exec, et cetera. So, if he's fully fit, fine, play him. But if he's not, and if there's doubts over him, then I'd say just keep it safe and play Cedric. And just allow him to build up his fitness for the return leg for next week. Next week, I would play him. Mm-hmm. Just give give him, give him some more time to train. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's the same. It's the same with, um, you know, and I didn't say this. I meant to make this point about David Luiz. I think with him and Tierney, um, tomorrow's game is extremely important. But um, Arsenal can play a game where even if they don't win, they don't have to see themselves out of the tie. Yeah after tomorrow, you know, and that gives players like David Luiz, that gives players like Tierney a chance, a real genuine chance to be involved in the second leg um, and and play in a way which is meaningful and where we're not necessarily under the cosh, where we don't necessarily have to chase it. I think the game tomorrow is away, isn't it? We're away first, isn't it? we're we're away, yeah. So, yeah, you know, for me, I wouldn't risk... Either of those two players tomorrow, if we if we didn't absolutely need to, because for me there's a bigger picture in mind. But just don't get blown out tomorrow. Just don't get blown out. Don't make rookie mistakes. Tomorrow is a game that I would play positive, and obviously um, seek to go out and get a goal. But I wouldn't take too many risks in the process of of of, of, of doing it because I think that. Um, they're more than capable of sucker punching us. And I think with it's that naivety that um, comes into play all too often with us. And I think actually there's an opportunity here for some of your players to come back, even the likes of, I know we'll get to it, but Yang or Lacazette or whatnot, we don't know what the state of play is with them and how ready they might be for tomorrow. If you're in the game after 90 minutes tomorrow, you give them boys a legit chance of being involved in the second leg where they can make a difference for you. Um So, yeah, just don't do anything foolish. That's what
1: I... Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. That's what I'd say.
3: Yeah. I I, I mean I'm inclined to agree. I mean, I would I want TNE playing every game. Um I think he's so key. You know, there's our our drop off from, you know, like in in those positions from our starters to our backups is so vast and so drastic that, you know, it makes us Really need these players to come back, and Tierney is so instrumental to what we do offensively and defensively as well. Like, I wouldn't really worry about Traquaise if if Tierney's on the pitch. If I'm being honest, you know, I mm. I, I would back Tierney to to have him up really. But yeah. yeah, like as someone like Cedric, I don't know, I'm not, and Xhaka, yeah, I hear your concerns. I really, really do. I do hear them. Um, so yeah, okay, we've already decided discussed the midfield. If um, you, you know, um put Xhaka back into the centre with Partey. Um, we've also got Martin Erdegaard back. So does that mean we play him as the number 10? We, we, we go with Xhaka, uh, Partey, Erdegaard in midfield?
0: He would, he, he comes, if he's fit, yeah. And he's he's been training, they said, for a bit as well. So yeah, he comes straight back in for me. Straight okay. back
3: in. And then I guess we've got more, you know, questions to ask in the in the wide forward slots as well as the centre forward space as well, because we've got... Oba and Lacazette returning. Um, Oba hasn't played for quite some time, right? So it'd be interesting to see. I don't know how how long has Oba been back in training for? A uh, couple of week, couple of days, maybe is it? I think there's... Yeah, I said he'd been training. I think hasn't he been
2: training this I, oh. I don't even know. I don't, I right. don't know. I've been so, so. To be fair, Arsenal <laughs> fucked me off so much. <laughs> I just it was like it's, it's not even that. I just I I didn't hear about it before today. Yeah. Right, um, okay. So I, I I wouldn't I I couldn't say with 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 certainty. Just to be fair, I only want to speak on things that I definitely know I couldn't say yeah yeah he's been training all week or that type of thing. I, I don't know. All, all I know is definitely out of the, the 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 squad altogether against Everton, and there wasn't talk of him. I imagine that we probably didn't train on Saturday. Um, you know, the players probably had a day off. Got back in on Sunday. Um, you know, and have uh, done some different things throughout the course of this week, but. If he was training today, that's wonderful. It's
0: wonderful. Mm. Up top is where I think we can we can take more risks. Anyway, like I would if uh, they deem like if Bob okay, I'll play. It's pretty much it for me. Like up, up I'll, top, yeah, up top, up top. I'm not. I told you, I don't, I don't want to see him out wide. There's, there's, mm. there's literally, there's literally no need. Um, I don't really like ESR wide either, but for this game, I might do it just because I think we need a bit of control. Um, we need to suffocate the game a bit especially away from home. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing um the f- the three behind the striker being Odegaard, ESR and Saka. I just think we need that level of technical retention as well in the final third. Um and also I think if you remember, what was that game? Was it against Spurs as well? Yeah we had ESR, mm-hmm. Odegaard and Saka behind behind and it worked quite well. Yeah. Um, so yeah ESR was was very very good that game as well I remember and Odegaard scored as well so yeah I, I think that's how I would approach it I would look to try and suffocate them take the game away from them um, have a bit of patient build up work the openings um, yeah I just I think it's naturally it's a semi-final you're going to be a bit cautious um, so yeah and that's that's how I probably would approach it in, in this game I think, so
2: what, I, I think what, what I like and you made the point against uh, about ESR, and I was thinking about him as you were talking in that Spurs game, and I thought one five is playing right back. He's been playing right back for um, for Villarreal, which I know we can do, but I don't remember him being someone who, um, yeah, Ibrahim saying this tasty. I I agree. Yeah, it's exactly what I'm thinking. But who, who did? Who did Spurs play right back that game? Yeah, Dukkay, remember Dukkay and, and and Duckey. ESR ruined him. And ESR yeah, and absolutely yeah. finished him. And and, and you know blended him. And 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 this is what I can see. But you know what? I I take small small delight from is that even if it's not ESR, <laughs> small, small I see any of our options on that left side actually mm-hmm. putting a hurting on Juan 5 if they play him there because I think. I, I don't I don't mind the look of Pepe on the left, you know. Even Alberto Moreno, man. But si- but same same I mean mm-hmm. Alberto Moreno will be up against Saka on the other side. But
3: yeah, Juanfoy, no, but that's what I'm saying, even the other side. Like oh, I yeah, feel like yeah, we yeah. can get to them, you know.
2: Yeah. I'm saying look, it, even if we went with Martinelli on that left, I still fancy him against mm. um um him. It's Juanfoy, a different option. Yeah. It's a different option and it gives us it gives us um you know, it gives us something uh, different in terms of threatening them. Um, but, you know, I think that's an option. Pepe as well bring something different if he's playing on that left. Um, ESR will. So all of the reasons that Sean gave about technical security and a bit more control, uh, I, I would like that. I think ESR as well, he does it off the board defensively. He could be available to help out on that, on, on that left side, given that, you know, they do have such a potent threat there in in chalk. So I think that will... That will um, that that could work for us
3: as well, but um, I I do like any of the options that we could go with. Bar William, I don't I don't want to burst you guys' bubble, but there's not a chance in hell if Lacazette is fit tomorrow, he isn't playing. Yeah, um,
0: you, you don't you don't know you don't know. Maybe maybe not. I'm oh, I know
3: about... I know, Sean Trust me, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, I, I, I wouldn't bank but but there, there is also a valid point I can't remember who someone just made it in the comment as well that there are certain relationships as well like when um, ESR plays as a 10 he seems to have a really good link up with um, Laka because obviously Laka drops in he makes in the runs in behind whereas obviously when Ob played as the main striker he plays obviously on the shoulder and he obviously wants the through ball threading in behind um, so with that sense it might make sense to, to play Odegaard as 10 so Um, but then also the point was made about Pepe you know you know obviously when Tini's not there we lack natural width on the left sometimes and obviously um having a natural left footer out there in Pepe sometimes makes sense as well and I think um it sort of simplifies Pepe's game and I think a lot of his probably best performances have come when he's played on the left this season so that is another possible option there as well so I think Arteta does have a degree of flexibility and also as has been mentioned he does have five subs to use so um so he can be he can be very flexible going forward, um, and he has options um, I to choose from.
3: I can't wait for us to make our first sub at 82 minutes. <laughs> 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 Five it's subs crazy. to use, and use <laughs> the first one at eighty-two minutes. Fuck, you know, like there's a lot of art that I, art that I can learn from. Look at some. Look at what Trushel did uh, or Tuchel did yesterday. Um, you know, just as but Chelsea were maybe losing a bit of control of the game. He made some he made subs early on to, to change the course of that game. But yeah, the, the subs are going to be important, man, especially as we get to the end of the season now where there's a lot of tired legs. Um but yeah we, we shall see with the with the team. It's obviously it's going to be a it's this is a huge game, right? It's a huge game. We can't get beat. But that being said, we've been better away from home than we have at home this season. You look at all of our better results really and truly they've come away from home. You know your Leicester's, your Man United's, your spot, um, your Slavia Prague's, your Benficas, your Olympiacos. These kind of results, they've all been away from home. Um, so maybe tomorrow, you know, may- maybe it's it's that Arsenal, that it's the, it's the Slavia Prague Arsenal that that turn up, and I would I would love to get a few goals and you know get win that you know two two nil three one whatever i would i would love to come away with a a two-goal cushion whether that's going to happen or not i'm i'm not too sure I'm, I, feel, you know... I feel
0: that's very optimistic i'd be very surprised if we won either two or three one tomorrow but you know you,
3: you never know what could happen yeah and i don't i don't think Villarreal this season have really i, I know they're not doing well in the league but they're not um they're, they're not, not a team badly. that's sorry they're not doing badly they're, yeah, they like well, they're a long they're a long way off the pace, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're a long way off the pace. Um well they got like forty nine points. You know, it's 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 not a huge amount of yeah, points. They're, yeah, they're seventh, man. They're lacking they they they've got nothing to play
2: for in the league. And that worries me because I think they've got Gatafe and
3: another meaty team in between. To be honest, we've got Newcastle and um West Brom, I think we've got, so, we got
2: nothing to play for in the league this better be yeah. our priority i don't want to yeah. see no stupidness like us resting you know us keeping one eye on sunday they're like it's done
3: like it's over. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. it. so, um i just before we move on to the whole um takeover talk i just want to get some predictions from you guys actually and how, how, how do you guys think we're gonna we're gonna fare i'm i'm going one one same
0: that's what I was going to go for as well. <laughs> you know, is that a hopeful
3: one-one, well. or is that uh, your brain telling you one-one? What one is I
0: just—it's—it's it's hard, just because I, I've got almost virtually zero confidence in in the team, and mm-hmm. I know what we're like. There's been too many, you know, negative trends that have been that have repeated itself this season. Like, for example, our inability to score after seventy minutes. You just know we don't pose, we don't pose a threat late on in games. We just don't. So um, and and you know some sometimes we start games and I just don't think we are creating enough chances. So for me, my solution at the moment is just to flood the team with as many creative players as possible. But obviously, also the counterbalance to that is is do you have enough scorers on the team as well? So I don't know. It's it's a tough one at the moment. Um, yeah. Th- so th- I just...
3: There's one thing that we have done well in recent um, like Europa League games is uh, has been we've started quite well. And, you know, and the games where we have done well, we've scored early. You know, the um, Slavia Prague, I think we scored early. Did Benfica we score early? I can't remember. One one of those games, we scored quite early and it puts you in a much, you know, it puts you in a a state of comfort where, you know, you can just uh, not relax, but once you've scored that goal, the, the game is yours now. Villarreal really and truly, they have to come out and score because they need... You know they can't they can't afford to 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 go in 1-0. and then if there's anything we know about Emery sides is they're not exactly like hugely offensive sides they're not um they're not you know uh, but, there's but, there's yeah. definitely a, a, the opportunity to to dominate the game against a Villarreal team I don't think Unai Emery teams are going to come to dominate and you know to really stick it on you I, I don't see that.
0: But you know one of the things um we criticized Arteta for that I always thought Emery was quite good at was his subs. <laughs> um half time. Yeah, yeah, he was and just making
3: maybe... the subs. He was just making the subs for the players who he should have been on the pitch in the first place.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, at least he, he he was a bit more proactive with, with his subs. So but yeah, I, I just think this is his competition in in it. So he, he's he's not one to be sniffed at. Um we have more quality than Villarreal, but um He's a bit of a wily fox in this competition. So, yeah, I just think we have to, if we can start early, um, we have to, obviously, naturally, I don't think, we can't afford not to score in this leg. We have to score. Because, um, mm. especially at home, I'm very wary of us as well. So, yeah, if we can get one, hopefully two, um, it will leave us in a good position for next
2: week. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I, th- I, think, I think that 1-1's um, I, I th- I a good result for Arsenal. And oh, I, I yeah, it people, is. People um, sometimes talk like it's, it's 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 a tie of two games and, you know, we have to win across the two games and, you know, th- there is the away goals factor. So if we're away from home and we score an away goal, I think that stands us in good stead. I think that um, given that it's Emery, we know how organised he is. We know his record in... Um, in in the Europa League. Um, I I said this earlier on um, here, but I don't think that we should be blinded by or or have the wall pulled over our eyes by Emery's failings with us. I think there was a lot going on in in terms of like cultural capital and some nuances and stuff like that, which just couldn't, you know, which couldn't work in Emery's favour at the end of the day. But I think he's a very, very competent coach. Um, You know, I think this guy knows what he's doing. He knows us well. He knows a lot of these players that we have at the moment, you know, so um, he knows what their strengths are. He knows what their weaknesses are. So I'm I'm not approaching the game thinking that, yeah, yeah with the confidence that we might win and anything could happen as the game unfolds. And we might win. that might go in our favour and I'll be happy. But if we get a draw, one all, I'm OK with that. You know, I think that's a good result for us, personally speaking, for tomorrow's game. So, yeah, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um Let's move on then to obviously. We say the season's dead, but there's been so much to talk about. Um, in regards to this, like this take this proposed takeover bid, uh, obviously, all the ESL fallout which has kind of led to this takeover bid, and um, a name that none of us had probably ever heard of prior to last week has now become the hottest name in the town really and truly um, a certain Daniel Eck who is the founder of, of Spotify and you know a self-made billionaire um, has expressed his interest in uh, in purchasing the club um, I'm 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 very much open to uh, new ownership I, I, I've been I, I I've been quite. um, I've been on record to say that you know I I I really don't enjoy Kroenke's ownership of this team of this club. I think they're very content with us being fourth and fifth place, sixth place, as long as they're getting their European revenue. I don't think they've shown any sporting ambition at all to to propel us back to the level that we that we used to be. There's no. It's no coincidence to me that since the Cronkies have come in we've just gone you know we've just we've just fallen down the league we're 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 we're, we're falling into the into this space of like irrelevancy where you know that we're even it's even a contention anymore are we a top team anymore i just they've made poor decision after poor decision after poor decision in all aspects of um their ownership and in all aspects of 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 running the club so for me i'm very much open to to new ownership um i don't expect an owner to come in and spend their own money um i i I don't expect that of anyone um but i do expect an ownership to give you certain sporting ambitions I, i do expect an ownership to to put the fundamentals in to ensure that a team is performing to the standard that they should be performing to and i don't think anyone can sit here and say arsenal should be between sixth and ninth place in england i don't i don't i don't think anyone can say that so for me i'm i'm open to it i don't know anything about this geezer he says he's been an arsenal fan for 30 years as far as I'm concerned, that's all PR bollocks, right? He's a businessman. He wouldn't be investing in his football team just for the love of it. You know, there are very few people out there who could actually afford to do something like Roman Abramovich has done and, you know, just... And and, and the, the Man City shakes and whatnot. There are very few people who, who would do that. And I don't expect anyone to do that. But if he is serious about taking Arsenal... And Just giving us a bit of sport and ambition. I think that's more than we're getting with the Cronkies right now. So for me, if he is going to show that ambition and um, put the right fundamentals in place, put a winning culture in place, I'm all for it. I really am. Because we're not getting any better under Cronkies. I don't think we're going to get this changing culture under the Cronkies. So if he wants to come in and, you know, maybe splash some cash, then so be it, man. Um, I, I'm really, I'm, 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 I'm very much open to it. How, how do you guys feel about um, uh, this proposed takeover? You see, for for me, uh,
2: we're winding ourselves up. I'll be so honest with you because we, we, ninety nine point nine percent of us want to see the Conkeys go, but they're not going. They're not selling, and. Reality, what makes you so certain? This isn't a this isn't a sporting project. Ownership in, you know, their, 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 their business ownerships in sports are not sporting projects. They're financial projects, they're business projects. So if, if you look across the sporting franchises that they own, across all of the different um, sports, it's about making money. And they've had long-term holdings in all of the Like, they've held on to these businesses for yanks and yonks and yonks and yonks and yonks. Like, they're not letting go of the Rams. Like, they've got the Rams in LA. You know what I mean? Like, just figure the money that runs through that, um, based on their geography and where they are. They've got Arsenal Football Club in London. Like, it just is they're not letting go of us. They're not because they make money. They don't have to put their money into it. Um, It's a, um, what's it called? You know, in business terms where it's like, it's, it's fantastic leverage for them so they can secure other loans and financial acquisitions against, against it because it's a, you know, such a lucrative asset owning a football club, you know? So it just works for them in so many different ways that I can't see them Saying yeah, we're 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 ready to give up on this asset which we have, which serves us so well. I don't mm. think so. I think that the numbers would have to be absolutely crazy um, and overvalued and not representative of what Arsenal Football Club is is valued at.
3: Mm.
2: But um, yeah, I can't see them selling to us. I um,
3: can't. I can't see them selling. Just just to play devil's advocate here. Um... I agree with you that, you know, that unless, but everything is, everything is money, right? I I agree with you in that, in, in that respect. So if everything is money, they probably have a price in mind that they would sell at. Now, my thing is, is I've got a feeling that this European Super League was a very big deal to the Cronkies. And it's no surprise to me whatsoever that these we since the Cronkies have taken over we've not had any rumors of okay okay we've had the dangote one but how serious really is that i don't know but um we we've never had any you know takeover talks or anything like that and i do wonder sometimes is there smoke without fire you know i, I don't really i i don't think these rumors would be coming around if daniel ek didn't have an inkling that the Cronkies would be willing to sell. He's doing a lot of PR. He's, you know, he said today, he's secured the funds and all of that stuff. So it might, it might be pressure talk. He might just be, you know, trying to put a bit of pressure, some, some spin, some PR and all of that stuff. But I just feel like there's no smoke without fire with this kind of thing. And, I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibilities that the Cronkies do sell because I think they can see we're a team that we're, we're what we've we we how much money have we lost over the last two years, two seasons? You know, we're not a profitable football team. I know we're growing in value, but we're not a profitable football team. Our commercial revenues are, are falling, you know. We've had COVID that's hit. Don't understand we need that. to look at we need to look at football differently to the way we look at the American franchises it's a different ball game and I just think that the European Super League was a huge thing for the Cronkies that would have guaranteed them 350 million pounds per year they would have been safe and then I would have said to you you know what Cronkies are never gonna sell for the next 25 years when we're locked into that Super League deal the Cronkies aren't selling unless it's for something absolutely stupendous. But I think they're at a bit of a crossroads right now where maybe they're like, hmm, is this Booper League going to happen? Is the football bubble going to burst? How off, How more can football clubs grow like this? Because these valuations that we're seeing from like Forbes and things like that, you know, they're not, they're not real estimates of, of um. I don't think they're real values of, uh, they're reflated values essentially. So I just wonder, man. I really wonder, and I think there's something to it. it I might be getting a bit too excited. Um, although, like, like I said, I don't really expect much from this guy, other than to show us a bit of sport and ambition. But yeah, I've rented um, a little bit, uh, a little bit too much there, Sean, um, What's your, what's your thought? Yeah.
0: So my my overall standpoint is that I agree with you guys. I, I just don't see Cronky selling unless um, the valuation is obviously we have seen today we're valued at just over 2 billion um so for me it would have to be 3 billion to to you know peak the the Cronkies interest and even then that might not be enough um obviously you yeah, saw the interview with Eck this afternoon on CNBC where he said he's already, he's already secured the funds what does interest me though is that um someone said this isn't the first time that Eck has tried um, mm. so you know his his name has been about and in the hat before and obviously he's enlisted um the help of obviously Henri Burkamp and Vieira so I would like to know what I, I'd be very interested to know what discussions have been had how far down the line this is because I also heard um an interesting interesting comments for the if you guys heard it from Wenger on BE yeah. and BE in sports as well said this the Wenger was he was quite coy around it as well do you know what I mean so I do feel like there's probably obviously a lot more happening behind the scenes that obviously we're not privy to um, so it'd be interesting to get a bit more information about that. He does seem to, um, because from from what everyone's speaking about, they said his projected earnings are set to grow uh, astronomically over the next sort of 10 years or so as well. Um, so I'd be very interested to see. He seems to have laid out a plan. He says he wants to have family. He's saying all the right stuff basically as well.
3: Um, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to listen to all of that stuff, really, because no. at the end of the day, I'm just looking at it as a simple business transaction. He's a mm-hmm. businessman. You don't mm-hmm. get to where he is in life. Without being a shrewd businessman, right? Mm-hmm. He isn't going to come in and be like, "Yo, five hundred million to spend for you in the summer, big man." No, he ain't. Get, mm-hmm. He ain't going to say that. Do you know what I mean? He's going to come in. He's going to run it like a business. And I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind you running it like a business. But this. But this is a very. This is a very different business to something like Spotify. We need mm-hmm. to perform on the pitch in order to be a successful business, and, and, I, and in I, order I, I, to I think do that, we need to have some sport. Sporting ambition.
0: I think he probably understands that. It'd just be interesting to see what what I would want to know is what his strategy would be to yeah. achieve that. Do you know what I mean? So I was a bit disappointed that's... they
3: didn't really ask, ask him these questions, yeah, actually, because yeah, that's yeah. what I was quite keen on hearing. I think that could have got a lot of people on board if he actually mm-hmm. come with a strategy. You know, mm-hmm. of Wig, oh, he wants really? to do this You know, a bit like, you know what the presidents yeah. do When oh, they so talk to, about taking over uh, Barcelona Real Madrid and all that stuff to, 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 like,
0: to, be, to, be, to be fair to him though, it was like a two minute Interview, do you know what I mean? It yeah. probably wasn't It wasn't long enough for him to, you know, probably But I'd be interested, yeah, it'd be very Good if someone could get him sat down And for him to explain that um, And for us to get a bit more A few of the logistics out Because um, that would probably peak, I mean already Just by the pure fact he's not the cronkies He's probably already piqued the interest of a lot of people uh, but yeah, if he probably elaborated a bit further, spoke about his strategy, maybe like a five-year plan, um, how we how we would um, go about this, how, how he would, you know, approach governance at the club, um, because obviously that's the, the engagement with um, both fans with fans and stuff as well. So that that's those are the sort of criticisms that have been leveled at the Cronkies as well, you know, and not showing their due diligence. So um, so yeah, I. At the moment, obviously, it's all hearsay. He said, she said, so we, we need we need, a, we need a bit more clarity. Um, so hopefully, we'll get that in the coming weeks. But, um, he said he's prepared to sit in for the long call, so um, I think this is a watch this space, yeah, because 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 cause at the end of the day, even if the cronkies, um, do want to sell, they're not going to come out and say, you know, what we want to sell. No, exactly. I mean, their default statement is going to be, we're not selling, so no, we're not um, selling, of course, yeah, so,
2: so we'll try and drive the price up, try and get as much as of they course. want. But all of this, yeah. I'll be honest with you, it means nothing to me. And I think as far as the interview, yeah, it was a short interview. But um, for me, it's it's, it's PR game as well, because before these interviews go down, there's a very clear briefing. These are questions that you can ask me. These are questions that you can't ask me. These are things that I don't mind touching on. These are things that I'm not going to touch on at all. So, yeah, we need to know a bit more about him. We don't know anything about this guy. That like we don't, as a as a as a cohort of 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 generic Arsenal fans, I would say the general Arsenal fan based population don't know a lot about. Uh, yeah, he's a lifelong Arsenal fan, but that could mean anything. To be honest with you, it could mean anything. Um, you know, is, is I mean, I would rather a fan. I
3: would rather the, have someone who has I, Arsenal's best interests. So but it's like them players that say,
2: "Oh, that that." Transfer to a club, and they say I've supported. Uh, I've supported Arsenal since. I was yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I don't. know, I don't know, I mean? know about. I don't that's know about. I, mean, that, like, it. For, that I sense, have to take
3: the man at his word for that, though.
2: Yeah, and then also we have no idea currently how he would run the club. So yeah, at this point in time, from where we're positioned, anything would look and sound better than the Cronkies. And I'm not advocating for the Cronkies to stay at all. But I'm. I'm. I'm saying a change. A change. Of ownership for Arsenal Football Club doesn't necessarily equate to
3: the change that the majority of fans are expecting to see. You know what I mean? Yeah, people need to manage their expectations I mean, 100%. Like they're getting know. a bit carried away. Yeah. And yeah, but that's what football fans do, right? Football yeah. fans are going to do that. Yeah. And well, I'm just going to be disappointed in the end because, and I'm you know. just trying to put the level around there and say, because.
2: Anyone in their right mind, you're talking yourself into, it's like, you know, it's it's presidential campaigns, man. It's the same principle. Talk yourself into it and say, I promise the people this, that, X, that, and X, Y, and Z, this, that, and the third. But when it comes to, all of this is just hot air to me. I just, it's about what you do when you're actually in the position. It's the same with the court case coming out and saying, we're absolutely committed to the club and blah, 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 blah. That means nothing to me. Um, come out and show that you're ambitious from a sporting perspective, because that's what means more to the fans than you lot lying in your pockets or you know whatever kind of like their their, their yardstick for competitiveness is extremely different to our yardstick for competitiveness. You know what I mean? And yeah. football has become so globalized now. Yeah, they are going to lose that in, in terms of the Super League and, and 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 stuff and not being in Europe's top competitions, but they're still going to make money. They're still going to make shit loads of money because the way that football is globalised now and it's still, you know, the Premier League and these fan bases and the digital content and the stuff and the people in other countries who were just, you know, far more prepared to invest in everything going as far as like Arsenal Football Club is concerned and they'll subscribe and they'll do this and they'll like, follow, do all the things, you know, um, that's how they're making their money. So, these owners care less and less about these local fans and less and less about the people in their back pocket, in the backyard, sorry, and it's more about the globalisation, it's more about the globalised aspect, it's more about the market in China, it's more about the market in the United States, which is, you know, fun. you see, like, you only need to kind of make yourself successful or profitable in one state, you know, you trump what you, what you bring in from the whole of the United Kingdom, you know, mm. just in terms of their... Just in terms yeah, of it's,
3: it's interesting because whenever you just look, just speak about like rappers and stuff. Like a yeah. rapper could be huge in like one state. Rappers are famous in one state, but yeah, they're, and, and that's
2: all—they're rich and successful. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Because their states are like
2: countries, right? Yeah, there's some rappers that are only big in Miami, huge mm-hmm. in Miami. You don't know them in Texas. You don't know yeah. them in Houston. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Or in LA, there's rappers that's just big in LA. That that's yeah. all they all they ever need to do is sell out in LA. That's it. You're a superstar yeah. in
3: LA. You can't. So I just um I just want to touch on one thing just before we finish up though is the potential so d- does this takeover bid inhibit us in any way, shape, or form? so say for example, the cronkies are open to selling, right they've gone back Daniel has come in, said yo, one point eight billion Cronkies have come back and said, no, we want free. What position does that put Arsenal in? with the Cronkies do what do the Cronkies do do they do they invest in the summer do, what what do they do what, what happens they,
0: they, they won't do if, if they've said you know if they've come out and said that their negotiating stance has changed and now they're up for a sale they're not going to invest any of their money do you know what I mean so it's, it's one of those it's not ones their
3: money though is it
0: no 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 no. but in terms of oh yeah I mean th- that, that's obviously a fair point but I, I don't think they would do anything to um you know hinder that potential
3: sell, so um, I, I, I think. Why David
2: would it prob- hinder the sell? No, um, There'll be a, a, an, an embargo. There'll be a transfer embargo if 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 if, if the club is being sold. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I can't see us being active whilst the the club is in the process of
0: being sold. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. I, uh, it's it's commonplace that It happens when a, when a, when the club is subject to takeover bid and whatnot. Like I, I swear, Newcastle didn't buy any players when. Um, stavian that was trying to buy
3: the club. Um, so I guess there's an argument. To, it's commonplace. There's an argument to be made then that this this now takeover never. is not at the right time because we can't afford a um, a season where we you know we where we're not um, re- making the right recruitment strides and we're not investing in the team. So yeah, that's something to think about. Is the timing aspect? Um, you know, and just how that impacts, you know, things. So we'll we'll see, we'll see. Look, it's, it's, I'm happy that the Cronkies are being put under pressure, whether that be from outside sources or inside sources. I know people talk about the fans, don't mean X, Y, Z, la, 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 la. But ultimately, you know, if if fans start to recognize how much power they actually do have um, as a collective, then they can make life quite uncomfortable for owners. We saw that with the e s l so yeah look i'm not i'm not I'm not getting my hopes up or anything like that i I would very much like to see the cronkies gone. I think they've done nothing for us. They've used our club to you know to to um to uh increase their own personal wealth. They're going to be very 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 wealthy uh, way more- wealthy, well more wealthy than they are currently. Um, when they do sell the club eventually so yeah i've got i've got no real time for them um but yeah look uh we we hope we get some good news tomorrow um obviously it's a really big game for us so um yeah we we need we need a result tomorrow because this season is starting to just become very very depressing and i felt like i've said that every season for the past 15 years but yeah, I'm up at, I'm at rock bottom, Arsenal. Help me out, man. Give me something to, to celebrate because this is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, guys, Shab, Sean thanks for joining me. Um, we'll be back um, post-match uh, for the Villarreal game on Patreon. So, yeah, if you like Tachi Gunas content, subscribe to that. Show some support. Show us some love. It's only a small amount of money. So i big up all you lot that have been uh, tuning in onto the YouTube lives as well. And um, we'll be back uh, next week with a normal podcast. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Peace.
2: It's got to 2
1: 2, and we've still got more than half an hour to go. And here's Urzil. La that. I I Baby, welcome to the party uh, I'm off the Maya's and the That's why I'm over-retarded That's why I'm over-retarded, Baby, welcome to the party uh, I hit the boy up and then I go skating around it. Rari uh, Baby, welcome to the party uh, Pick uh, some of uh, that Give me a Give me a lick Got no money Set in the
2: Podcast Network.